No, it does make sense. I was even thinking in my head, if people are to do maybe this slum tourism, um, but then at the end of the day, um, whatever these guys are, are getting, they're able to better that community. Yeah. Then I, I guess that will be in good taste. I'm singing my sorrow. I'm singing my rage. I'm singing this fear out and I'll sing it over and over again. Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Siada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. Hi everyone and welcome to Change Making Women. Um, I'm Marianne Clements, back in London, in the UK. And I'm here with Ziada. Hi, Ziada. Hi, Marianne. Um, welcome back, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm podcasting um, from Dar es Salaam. So one of the things that I was uh, thinking about while I was in India was the, the people, the, the many people in Indian cities who are, some of them sleeping literally on the side of the street and like, you know, homeless basically and, and just trying to find somewhere to sleep at night. And then the many, many more of them who are living in, you know, what we, what we sometimes call slums or people sometimes try to call something different, like informal settlements or, but basically makeshift housing, you know, where they've probably migrated from the countryside and come to town and don't have the resources for whatever reason to be in kind of stable accommodation. So they've moved somewhere and set up a temporary kind of dwelling and they might have been there for a few months or a few years or in some cases they've actually been there for decades. You know, their families lived in a kind of temporary temporary accommodation for a long, long time. And um, so we wanted to talk about kind of attitudes to homelessness and the issue of homelessness and also kind of temporary housing and um, people not having kind of like a solid home and we wanted to talk about it in the different places where we are right um, so yeah so that's our topic for today and uh, I guess uh, I guess I wanted to ask you like what's your take on homelessness in Tanzania does it exist is it like you know not 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 so common there as it might be in Europe I don't know like what what's mm. your what's your take I mean I, I believe all homelessness actually just exists like it's all over the world for mm. you know um, of course I could be corrected for that but um, looking at just the statistics um, in Tanzania if you were just talking about um, let's say slums you mentioned about slums mm. um, Tanzania has the third highest slum growth rate in Africa wow. um, over six uh, percent per year uh, and the sixth largest slum population so imagine with over six million people living in slums slum dwellers make up more than two-thirds of the urban population Wow. Um, but then uh, I think the government came out and sort of disputed that and said that, no, um, Tanzania, we don't have a slums. Rather, we have unplanned settlements. Mm. But <laughs> if you look at it, um, it it's sort of 
the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, unplanned settlements actually bring out, you know, slums because, you know, it's just going to happen, I guess, naturally. Yeah. But looking at that rate, it's quite scary. And what we see at the moment is, um, you know, I mean, you've been to Dar es Salaam and you, mm. Dar es Salaam side, and you've seen that people, you know, migrate to Dar es Salaam thinking or thinking they'll get better lives, mm. thinking they'll better jobs and whatnot. So you find that, you know, just by looking at it, that, yeah, homelessness actually, in my opinion, I feel like it's there and you feel it and you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of, uh, you know, street children, mm-hmm. you know, be it orphans or runaways or, you know, whatever the, the reason why they're in the streets. Um, you find now the old as well. Um, sleeping on the side of the road as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. And you can deny or dispute the fact that, you know, this, that population is actually there in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about the government saying that, you know, it's unplanned settlements, they're not slums. And then one of the things I learned about while I was in India was, you know, to think about this whole thing of like, homelessness and temporary accommodation stuff it's like it's not um it's not one thing it's like um some of the people I spoke with talked about it as a continuum it's like from someone who's literally just sleeping rough to like someone who's somewhere that's totally unplanned but like has some kind of maybe tin shelter or you know something that they're sleeping under to like someone who's lived in a in an unofficial house for like 20 or 30 years, but they don't have the, you know, titles of where they live and they don't own it technically in law. So it can be taken away from them in theory at any time, you know? So it's like, although they've lived there for ages, they still don't have the right to live there in law, you know? Um, So, yeah, so... It's interesting, and it's I'm I'm quite shocked to hear that uh, Tanzania has the what's that the third it's the third third um, was it the third fastest growing slum in uh, slum population in Africa? Is that what it was? Yes, um, it is the um, it's the the rate the growth rate of it the third um, um, the third largest slum growth rate yeah. in of Africa. Yes. It makes me want to ask the question, like, what's driving that? What makes what makes it so, you know, because that's, there are what, 53 or, anyway, 50-something countries. Right now, um, I think there's so many forces behind it, really, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about, like, yeah, there's, there's that, like you said, like, people move to town thinking that there's, uh you know, well, that, that, that that would be a way to earn an income. And maybe they earn one, but maybe what they earn is not enough to get a, get a stable place to stay, you know? Mm. So they end up having to find somewhere temporary to sleep. You know, so, that, so, so it's also a problem of, like, um, you know, wages not being enough, right? So mm. people who actually are in work but can't afford housing. I think that's mm. a really real problem. It's a, that's a problem in the UK these days as well, definitely. Mm. I was thinking about, like, so we we have, you know, definitely homelessness is a problem in, 
in our cities as well where people are sleeping rough on the street and it's obviously like a particular problem here when it's cold because there's the added thing of not just that you sleep on the street but it's actually it's you know it's quite dangerously cold at some times in the year to be doing that mm. um and so there are some kind of projects that set up you know shelters where people can sleep and they get some access to like warm food and clothes and stuff that kind of thing mm. it's still like this problem of homelessness persists and like then on the other end of the continuum here in the UK we, there's like there's not enough houses mm. so we have social housing we have that idea of like you can you know if you're not able to mm. afford rented accommodation or buy a home of your own there is a mechanism through which in theory you can get accommodation if you you know if you qualify for certain mm. criteria and stuff but in fact there are massive waiting lists and not enough properties so there are lots of people who are sort of like in limbo you know like they might be being accommodated mm. somehow but it's like wherever they're being accommodated is not adequate for their family like they're squashed in a tiny room that you know those kinds of things so there's a whole like problem here that's on a different it's probably on a different level although there definitely are people on the on the streets as well um but there's also a whole load of people who are like just in temporary or poor accommodation or like um hostels where there's not enough room for their families and that kind of thing as well so yeah, yeah. it feels like people not having a home is like a problem everywhere and I yeah can't. absolutely it is I think it's just one of those things that you can't really run sort of a country cannot run away from mm. no matter what kind of word you decide to give it at mm. the end of the day that's you know that's the reality I mean I think the reality of it is that people do rush to um, to the urban areas looking mm. for greener greener pastures and a better life mm. and once they do that you know coming down where else are they going to sleep so they find areas that are quick and as they say unplanned and quick to squatter um at the end of the day it creates a, it creates a, a slum so you know um i don't know maybe the question will be then you know places like in europe um how do they handle um these kind of situations mm. i don't know i'm not sure whether like we have we definitely don't have all the answers I think like one of the ways we try to handle it is this idea of social housing where, you know, there's like government properties to, I know there are some in Tanzania as well, but you know, to a greater extent. Um, and so there is something you can apply for, which is like social housing and you might, mm. met, might be given accommodation for your family, but you're going to have to wait for it and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and it relies on certain things like, you know, you have to demonstrate your need and you have to, you have to have the right paperwork and all that kind of thing. So it's definitely not a solution for everyone. Um, and then I just think, I guess like my, I guess I've got a question back to you, which is like, when I think about kind of my idealized idea of like mm. maybe a village, a village in Tanzania, you know, right? In the mm. village, right? They nobody would be homeless, right? <laughs> I, I think Maybe so, pretty much. Maybe <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, 
you know in the and maybe that's true in the UK as well like if you're where you your people come from where you know most people for whatever reason whether you're related to them or you're they're your neighbors um then I think like you don't get homeless in the place where you came from I don't know maybe that's just my idealized <laughs> idea of it but it's something about going to town like you said you know it's something about like searching for something different and something new and like hoping for the sort of riches of of moving to town that kind of is a big part of this problem isn't it Mm. and then I guess I shouldn't be idealistic about the village because the reality is you know people are searching for a better life for their families right when they come to town generally I was just thinking, I guess I was thinking out loud, you know, with, with most, most of the time with slums, then, you know, it's like, um, they say, for instance, here, it's like, when you're in the slums, it's like the government forgets about you. Mm. Um, so you find that these people, you know, who are living there, they don't even have, you know, just the basic needs. So we're talking about, you know, clean water, um, you know, you just clean environment, yeah. you know. You know, all these things right? that are much basics, you know, you know, probably electricity, um, um, probably schools, you know, yeah. and, and so on. And you find that they don't even see the importance of that as well. So, and as you said before, I mean, you could find um, a family that has been in those slums for generations and generations. So that becomes like a vicious circle. Yeah. Um, you know, even the children, they feel like, okay, it's okay. I live in the slums. This is my life and that's it. Yeah. So they can't even go looking for um, something better mm. or something out of, you know, their normal circumstance. So it's, it's, it's a bit uh, sad, really. Yeah, there's two things that occur to me about it. One is that, um, uh, you know, in, in my experience visiting, like, some of these places in certainly in Kenya where I've done some work around um, housing insecurity before like um, a lot of people that were that are living in somewhere like Kibera which is the I think I think it probably still is the largest slum in Nairobi um, or informal settlement mm. in Nairobi um, uh, a lot of the people working there have jobs living there so we have jobs but the jobs that they have are not paying them enough to pay the rent in Nairobi, basically. Um, so they're walking out of the informal settlement and to, you know, to jobs, to, you know, kind of jobs like being cleaners or like um, assisting in people's houses or, you know, the, the sort of jobs that have a very low wage. And while you have, while you have employment that is at a very low wage, in a city like Nairobi, where, as you know, like um, many things cost quite a lot, right? Like rent mm. and, and and stuff. So, if you ha- but if you have people paid an amount of money which is just not comparable to the sort of cost of living somewhere, then then you're going to have this problem exacerbating, you know. Mm. So there's something about like low wages for me. And then the other thing is like this whole thing of like the government forgets about you. So if governments refuse to provision these places to make them, to give them basic services, um, 
like water, like perhaps electricity, like, you know, sanitation is a big one as well, you know, like toilets, basically, um, and, and somewhere for them to, you know, for, for waste to go and stuff. Then you mm. also have like a really poor standard of life and high levels of disease and, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. So I feel like there's like two, en- two ends of the problem. One is like what's available in these places, which I know they just sort of keep growing and cropping up and stuff. But then also it's like somebody's paying people low wages. So it's worth them coming to the city, but then they can't actually afford to live there, you know? Yeah. So there's something about that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, maybe in your experience, what do you think, let's say, can be done to maybe, you know, either improve their lives mm. or, I mean, in your experience and the fact that, you know, at least you've, um, you've worked, um, you've worked around sort of, not around the environment, but you've worked, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? I mean, you've, you've worked and looked at and experienced um, uh, situations like this in your work. I wish I, I wish I had, I wish I had like the magic bullet for this problem. It feels like a a lot of problems mashed together, but Mm. I do think like low wage, you know, very low wages are a problem. And I also think like lack of, (coughs) you know, basic services, but you know, like at least water being, water especially being available, like those two things, Mm. they feel like they have to shift. And then I think, like, ultimately, it's like a bigger problem. It's a bit of an almost society's problem. Like, if these cities are going to keep growing in places like Tanzania at that sort of rate that you were talking about, then it's like, it needs like a nationwide strategy, you know? If people are going to keep looking from the countryside into towns, it's almost like someone has to think about like, okay, well, can these, can these cities sustain this, this um, extent of people coming to them? And if they can't, mm. what are we going to do about it? What are we going to, what other ways can the population be supported, you know, or can mm. be encouraged to maybe stay in the village or stay somewhere else or, you know, and what is there for them to do there? Like, it feels like such a big problem. Because at the moment, I just, I totally understand why someone would decide to leave their village and come mm. to Star, for example, and just see what, what life they could make for their family. You know, I totally, it makes total sense, right? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not very far off from you. I, I don't know. Um, I do believe... I know there there are slums and the fact that you know government went ahead and said they are unplanned settlements. They could then plant them. <laughs> you know, um, and um, I know there are a few times where they try and plan, you know, and plan these settlements. So what tends to happen is that once they are doing their planning, that means um, um, there will be demolishing of building. I mean, demolishing of houses. So then it even drives these people far off because now they don't have their houses. Yeah. But once the government does that, um, it's going to take some time before they build anything up. 
then the question is where does uh, where do these guys then go yeah yeah and those yeah. those sort of yeah. like uh development programs can be very complicated i think because you know if if there's it's one thing if the people who are living there get the housing that's built but it's another if they just get moved on to another informal mm. you know or unplanned place and then what's built is sold you know at, at a high higher end you know price that that the people that were living there can't afford so it doesn't solve the problem it just like you said at this exactly it so on. you know it leaves them now wondering what they should do or if they have to wait now for the government to pay them again it's going to take some time because there's a lot of bureaucracy yeah. so it's you know it's not really a win-win situation for them so i just feel like i don't I, i'm not even quite sure how you know as maybe as the government can intervene um maybe they could start by just giving them the basic needs like clean water mm. you know maybe we start there and then yeah. some other things um they come in slowly because for for at least in Tanzania I haven't heard of shelters you know like you know the the rest probably in Europe or in America you'll hear that you know these are shelters where homeless homeless people or they can go sleep and get something to eat and so on I haven't heard of that um so maybe those as well could you know could help as you said again i mean not everyone who's living in the slums um, means that they don't have you know um uh, they don't have a job it's just the job has a low low wage so it's almost like they don't have a, a choice but to live yeah. there because it's cheaper that low wage thing is a problem like paying yeah. someone money for a job say someone's working for you full time or most of the time and you're not paying them enough to like eat and sleep then that's a problem to me you know and like mm. um it's it's a problem that like if if we want to solve these kind of problems we have to kind of think if we're if we're the ones that are paying someone for their labor even if it's not full time but you know it's like can this person actually you know live on what i'm paying them or am i actually paying them so little that they can't live you know like for me that's there's something about the fact that those jobs even exist that are and in the uk we have something called um the national living wage i think it's called where which is mm. an amount of money which is like uh calculated to be kind of just just about enough to live on um and some organizations have committed to paying that amount you know um and it's it's more than some people are paid so some people are paid so you know too little basically to live on and so they're in, they work but they can't afford to live and that to me that feels like there's something gone wrong in a society where that happens you know where you're working and you can't afford you, you know to like eat and sleep <laughs> you know just basically mm-hmm. So that to me feels like it's kind of like everyone's problem because somewhere in this that system we're you know we're either buying from companies that don't pay their employees enough or we're the ones not paying them enough or whatever it is you know um so yeah that feels like something that 
we all have to be a part of solving to me um yeah <laughs> low wages um but like yeah this these these problems seem are growing because of the sort of move to cities and i think until there's something that encourages people to to not move to cities and i don't know what that would be you know um then that's just going to keep on happening right mm-hmm. but funnily enough like um people who are doing all right in our in 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 the uk for example sometimes people yeah. move to the country you know mm. <laughs> true it's like a thing that you know people then decide they're going to move to the country to get out of the city so there is that kind of opposite pull a bit here but then i guess that's a choice yeah but it's exactly it's from a place of choice it's not from a place of yeah it's not a place of yeah it's exact it's not a place of survival no that's of. right that's absolutely right it's not from a place mm. of survival at all it's it's only i think it it really only applies to people who have more than they need or you know at least as much as they need to survive right yeah yeah absolutely do you see people moving to the country in tanzania um they do sort of <laughs> um, not as much not yeah much. No. i was trying to think of someone and i can't think of anyone <laughs> i mean they only do if they are forced to for instance now the government has forced um a lot of because they they really want to move um everything official to dodoma oh yeah yeah so sort of people have been moved there but hardly unless people are actually going to you know it's actually work calling then they'll be going up country yeah. otherwise yeah. no one wants to do that Everyone yeah it's not a personal decision no it's not yeah. really a first choice that you know i'm just gonna up and leave and go leave in the rural area unless you know they're old and they've retired and they need to move on or they are chagas and they do that every christmas week. <laughs> 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 yeah so other than that they do that every christmas yeah every christmas there's that whole migration of the you know to the northern side because they just have to go home so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that's yeah, what so we, but it, it it does seem yeah, to me so like normally we make a a joke every time it gets to you know December holidays it's like they're going they need to go back to be counted (laughs) it does seem to me though like like one of the many like solutions that be needed for the problem of people not having like safe and happy places to live is like reasons for people to you know maybe go back to their village or go live somewhere else that isn't so over you know densely populated because part of the problem is the volume of people living you know that people don't have space and and um, they're overcrowded and all that kind of thing as well as the lack of services and 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 the temporary nature of their housing and stuff so it does seem to me like if there were reasons to 
go back to the village but I just don't see them you know mm. people mm. in that context I just don't really see them um and so yeah I guess I just feel like it's it, this topic is full of problems <laughs> yes know? it is and then you know it's even so hard to to actually find a solution you know let me let me tell you something as i was going and you know trying to do a research and figure out um okay how is the situation in tanzania i came across um they actually do slam tours did you know that do they really yes they do where can we go um so i um this particular travel travel agent Oh, it's like a travel uh, agent. Oh, yes, I, they do slum. They do. It's actually it's called slum tourism. In Tanzania. Apparently, it's not just. Apparently, it's not just in Tanzania. Slum tourism is it's actually a thing. Yeah, I've heard um, of it. I have heard of it in other places, but I'm just for some reason I'm surprised of it in Tanzania. <laughs> Yes, it is. And I was quite surprised. I'm like, okay, I didn't know this actually existed, but yeah. it actually does. Yeah. It's um, exactly. So apparently this was started somewhere in the 19th century um, in London and Manhattan. But now it's kind of getting, it's increasingly becoming prominent in many places, including South Africa. So apparently it's also done in India, Brazil, Poland, Kenya, Philippines, United States, and other. And it looks like Tanzania have, jumped into this oh really yeah so what do you think about it i am not sure i have actually i do have mixed feelings about it yeah me too <laughs> very mixed <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i really don't know i think it's debatable actually yeah yeah i i i yeah i agree <laughs> I think it's debatable. I really don't know how I feel about it because I'm I'm kind of shocked. It's it's even in existence, first of all. Yeah, right, right. But then I'm almost tempted to actually do one. <laughs> you know, so well, so maybe you could go on one and come back and tell us. Where do they do it? <laughs> um, so they do it uh, mainly in Dar es Salaam and. Uh, so they they start okay different they have different places that they take you to um they take you places to like you know slums if you're in Dar es Salaam there's the Mecca area um you know it's quite um, okay, okay. you know so there are other places like Kilala you know Yokinondoni um Tony Tandi Kampagala Kibichi you know um Wanjafiti and so are on are those people places really slums <laughs> this is where it gets complicated. <laughs> Yeah, for and you know they have a a whole tour. I am, I, I truly don't know. Um, I don't know even know what to say. I I think I'm just gonna go for this tour so I can. Oh, I think you should go for it. Come back and tell us. Truly, read and you shall find out more. So uh, yeah, I will. I will dig deeper into it and maybe take that tour one of my one of my breaks and see what it actually entails. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what I'm gonna find out. I don't know, but. As you read it, you just get those mixed feelings as why would you want to do a slam tour? At the same time, it's kind of interesting. You probably, I don't know, my head is just, <laughs> it's just confused. Think, like, yeah. So like for me, I think what's not okay about it is the idea of like observing people's poverty as some kind of 
show. Yes. But while I was in India, I heard about an organization that was doing it um, where the people uh, who live in the slum who were working, um, they already had like a collective where they were organizing together to try and, you know, get the government to bring services and, and various other activities. And then they were offering to take people from other communities to walk through the slum just to, to kind of show them their home not just their own personal home but you know the area where they live and what it's like and um I think if it's done with respect by people that live there um to kind of bridge the barrier because you know one of the problems about kind of this whole issue is that you get to a stage where you know richer people drive past these areas in their cars and kind of look out and kind of maybe even complain about how messy they look or you know that kind of thing and then you get this situation where people don't you know they don't meet each other people from different parts of the city don't meet each other anymore and they don't understand each other and they're always complaining about one another and so their idea was like inviting people to walk through the sun with people that live there just to see what it's like you know and I think if it's done like that as a way of people understanding each other's lives it could be it can be okay does that make sense I don't know if it does no it does make sense I was even thinking in my head if people are to do maybe this slum tourisms um, but then at the end of the day um, whatever these guys are getting they're able to better that community yeah. and I, I guess that will be in good taste yeah. I don't know if it's in good taste but somehow you know it, because walking around and I I don't know it's like it's almost like you're doing it like you're going to, to a park and I know it's really odd. around the zoo it's it's very odd that's what I'm saying it's quite debatable and I, I I don't know. Let's ask our listeners, how do they feel about slum tourism? Would they do it? Yeah, all right. Let's ask people. Get Seriously. Tell us if you yeah, can. Yeah, get in touch with that. Exactly. So I would just sort of say straight up, I've never been on a tour, but I have been to visit some informal settlements and unplanned, you know, living places in my work. Mm. Um, so I don't necessarily know how different that is. I think, you know, but, but I've never done it in a, in a kind of tourist tour, if that makes sense. Mm, but mm, let's mm. see. And, and let's see. Let's see what people think about it. I definitely think, I'm sure we could turn up lots of articles saying it was terrible mm. and others saying it was really important. And I think I just found something here saying that it started in, well, it started in Africa, in, in South Africa, I think up post the end of apartheid when uh, people were then able to go into Soweto in places that they, I guess, had heard about during the struggle and stuff. I think that's when it started. And I certainly remember when I first visited South Africa in the 90s, you know, you could go on, there were people, you know, offering tours of Soweto and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but I never went on one. But um, okay. yeah, so so... So anyway, yeah, let's hear what people think. Yeah. <laughs> go on one. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but, you know, but I guess I have to rearrange my thought and I, 
<laughs> Maybe you shouldn't go on work. I think you should think Maybe I'm just overthinking it so much <laughs> that, you know, some other negative thoughts are coming in. But then I, th- I think that I really don't mind um, trying it and see what do they actually mean when they say they're taking you for Islam tourism. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what becomes of it once you're once you're done. So, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely give it give it a shot. Actually, so I think it's a it's a little uh, nice way. It's a you know ending note for us, um, leaving you with a question: Would you do Islam tourism? Would you yeah, actually tour to slums? Yeah. Or if you've done one, right? If you've done one, please do share. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so you can get in touch with us through our Facebook, um, Change uh, Making Women, and uh, we also have our Instagram, mm-hmm. same, except for the Twitter that's Change Making And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com. <laughs>